Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Booze Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Ollie. And thank y'all for being patient with us. We are back. So I thought this episode was going to be really sad. And I had to say by myself, hey, something's happened to Sam. <laughs> because when we were supposed to record, Sam didn't answer my texts or my calls. <laughs> and she told me she was going to Laredo. And then I never heard from or I didn't hear from her at all after that. And I low-key panicked. scared and then i text matt and he didn't respond so i thought okay one he's probably missing two or two he fucking killed her (laughs) (laughs) yeah no so i didn't oh my gosh it was a crazy day like i didn't end up actually going to laredo like i got there like halfway and then i wasn't needed anymore so then i drove back and then my boss ended up calling me into work so then i had to like rush to get ready for work and I totally just like it just that was it like I was just so busy after that so but you're safe and you're here and that's all yes I'm alive we're good (laughs) and my phone didn't like notify me that you texted me like I don't know what's wrong but it's not giving me the little notification so it'll give me the sound but it won't give me the notification so I had no idea you texted me till you commented on like my snapchat or something because that pops up as my notification and you're like, you're alive. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I looked at my text messages and I was like, oh, fuck. I'm bad. But yeah, no, I saw your snap. I was like, uh. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Why are you graining french fries on your dogs and not texting me back? <laughs> exactly. I was like, the aliens in San Antonio got her. <laughs> that was another thought. Oh, my God. No, no, thanks. They're on to us. They heard the podcast. Ugh, no, thank you. I do not want aliens <laughs> ever. The ghost in your house is the one that's been manipulating your phone. <laughs> this fucking <laughs> ghost, I swear to God, I was so fucking pissed off. So, <laughs> I have two updates from today, just today. Um, so, I was drawing on Procreate, uh, trying to make, like, stuff, like, merch for the podcast, and I, like, I set my pen, I always set my pen on top of my iPad because they roll, they're easy to lose, you know? Um, so I go to the bathroom, which is right across, like, the hallway from, from the room I'm in. I come back not even, like, a minute later, and my pen is gone. And I'm like, okay, maybe, like, it rolled under the laptop, or it rolled on the floor, or it rolled in the trash can. I search everywhere, and it's gone. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? Did I take it in the bathroom? So I went to the bathroom. I looked through everything, opened all the cabinets, which I know I didn't open. It's not in there. So then I like start throwing up all the covers on the bed and going through all the pillows and it's fucking gone so then i looked under my cricket because my cricket is on my desk too not there so then i'm like okay i'm I'm going fucking crazy i looked in the bedroom the office the living room absolutely nothing 
So then finally, I, I was like fed up. I'm like, whatever, I'm just not going to draw anymore. I opened my fucking Cricut. Like it was closed shut. I open it and it's fucking in one of the storage compartments inside my Cricut. That's so weird. I can't even think of a logical explanation where it could have been in there by mistake. Yeah, like my Cricut was closed shut. Like, so when you open a Cricut, the two like little doors open up and then there's a storage compartment inside there that you also have to lift up and open and put in. The pen was in there, shut, and then the Cricut was actually like shut closed. So it was multiple Mm -hmm. compartments you had to open to put it where it was. So, Yeah. yeah. And then... So yeah. Weird. So I was like, <laughs> I literally yelled for like three minutes at whatever the fuck is in the house. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Why the fuck would you do that? These things are fucking expensive. Don't fucking do that shit anymore. Like I was mad talking to like fucking nothing, just screaming at my house for like three <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and I think I made mad because we just went grocery shopping and I grabbed my keys. I put it with my wallet and my face mask on the counter. Like I always do. They're always together. And Matt goes to unlock my door because we got all the groceries out. And he was like, where are your keys? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, they're always on the counter. So we we went through the trash. We went through every single package we had just, like, put away. We went through all the Walmart bags. Nothing. They're gone. So then I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I turn around and they're on the floor, like, in front of the Roomba. Like, not even in a path I walked. So... That's so weird. Yeah, because yeah, your Roomba is, yeah, not even in front of the Mm-mm. door. It's very off to the yep. side. So I, either <laughs> I'm going crazy or I, I don't know. We're taking bets. Who thinks Sam is going crazy? Right. And, and then I forgot. Goes. So Matt makes sure when we left, he made sure we shut all the doors because the dogs, they're very rambunctious. We don't trust them in the rooms when we're not home. And he came in, and he's like, I swear, he's like, I think the AC's opening the doors because I shut all these doors. I don't know an AC that can turn a doorknob and open a door. So. Yeah, because in my house, Mm -hmm. my door is shut. And some of them don't close all the way. It's weird. You have to, like, lift up the handle for it to click. And so it does kind of sound like the doors are opening Mm -hmm. and closing by themselves, but they won't open if it's completely yeah no and he like makes sure to slam them because if you don't slam them like they can't open and i heard him like slam every single door to make sure Mm -hmm. they were shut and that's the first thing he said he's like i think the ac is opening the doors and i was like acs don't turn doorknobs but okay (laughs) creepy yeah so well but remember i told you he likes to spark up like fallish times and we're getting well we're still kind of in summer but we're getting dude it's august uh once (laughs) september first hits i'm decorating summer is no longer welcome in my home Mm -hmm. but no remember i told you like my the little ghost deer whatever likes to spark up around this time of the year and Mm -hmm. shit's happening again so (laughs) your friend is back (sighs) fucking casper (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm talking all this shit, and, like, all my picture frames are going to come flying off the wall, and I'm, the screen's going to go black. <laughs> if I had some guts, if I wasn't such a scaredy cat, I would say I'm going to come over when Matt's not home one day, and we're going to do a Ouija board and see what it is. <laughs> but I'm scared. 
I, I keep wanting to get one of those like little EMF readers, like the ones that go through the radio signals, but I also don't want to find out if there's actually something. Oh, you don't want to w- know? I, I don't know. Like, I, we've already caught the audio of that weird growling. Like, I've literally seen things thrown from the closet, like the laundry that one time I told you about. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I, like, I, I have a feeling there's something in here, obviously, but I just don't want to know what it is. So, mm-hmm. because, um, oh, I didn't tell you guys. So a couple, like what, like a couple of months ago, we, my, I wrote into another podcast and they ended up telling the story of the house. When was that? The story of the house. Remember, uh, remember I had sent you that historical as mm-hmm. fuck had, a uh, posted my story and they gave us a shout out and stuff like that. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when was it? That was a couple months ago. Um, But I sent them the audio of the whatever we caught, and they said it sounded like dogs growling, like a dog, like, so, I don't know. (laughs) Hmm. And it wasn't one of your dogs? No, because they, oops, sorry guys. No, and my dogs don't growl like that. I have never heard them growl like that, so. Interesting. It definitely just haunts you, though, because you were driving at work one time, and you saw something in the passenger seat Mm -hmm. and the times i've spent the night at your house and nothing they're nice and chill i've never had anyone complain about like my house feeling weird to them or anything like that so yeah something about me i guess even if they tried i'd probably sleep through it (laughs) maybe it's like a demonic dog that's just chilling and hiding my shit and maybe maybe you groomed a dog and it passed away and it was not happy. I've groomed many dogs that have died. Well, that makes me sound awful. <laughs> like, they've died of age, not, not for me. If I had to guess, it's probably a schnauzer. A schnauzer is, is haunting you. Because those, thing those things hold grudges, I believe. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. A schnauzer. Shit. Those are the <laughs> ones that bite me the most. <laughs> But if you're listening and you have a schnauzer, I'm pretty sure yours is an angel. Talking about (laughs) (laughs) schnauzers that do not belong to our listeners. I do not want schnauzer hate mail. No, (laughs) schnauzer owners know that their dogs have a mood. They know. Because when they're like, oh, he's got part schnauzer. I'm like, I know the schnauzer. And then they laugh. So schnauzer people know how their schnauzers are. (laughs) Okay, good, good. I, yeah, I know how mine is. My uh, dog from home, back home. Oh, so anything new in the new, other than your ghost? No, I'm still working on merch and stuff, so. I'm, oh, yeah, we need our craft day. Yeah, yeah, we were supposed to get together and do a bunch of merch for the pod, but uh, that tragic day happened, so. <laughs> Right. So we'll have to reschedule again. that. But um, yeah. no, everything else seems pretty good. I mean, what about you? Oh, just the norm. Um, well, last week was pretty crazy for me because I was doing the project for the library and they wanted the project up a week. So oh. we were supposed to prepare it this week, but we had to prepare it last week. And it was a shit show. So I was kind of relieved that we didn't record because there was a lot going on last week. And speaking of the project with the library, my my specific episode is about social media and how 
you know, to have constructive conversations on social media. Mm-hmm. And while I was on Facebook, you know, kind of doing research for it, um, procrastinating, I noticed a brand new conspiracy video circulating. Um, oh, <laughs> Like, I cannot express how 2020 cannot shock me anymore. Um, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar, but there was a conspiracy video circulating a few months ago um, about this doctor who um, who was complaining, com- was not complaining, was claiming that coronavirus was a hoax. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking into her credentials, like she's an anti-vaxxer and, you know, super problematic. And it was one of those videos, basically. So yeah. a, a couple of weeks ago, I noticed Facebook friends share a poorly produced video <laughs> with captions saying things such as like, quote, hurry and share before Facebook take before Facebook takes it down again. I've had to post it twice because Facebook doesn't want me to share the truth. You know, share the truth, share the knowledge. And if you just so happen to, like, see this video and share it yourself, just always, always, always please double research. Like, just do a quick Google search of the video that you're watching. Snopes. Snopes will point you in the right direction. Snopes will. Yes. that's That will be your best friend during these trying times. But I could fucking smell fucking fake news from a mile away. (laughs) Additionally, (laughs) when I clicked on the video, I like to watch it because I do watch it just to kind of see what the allure is and what people Mm -hmm. are thinking is true. I noticed that it was a video from Breitbart. Are you familiar with Breitbart? Mm Mm-mm. So Breitbart is a strongly right-wing, like, conservative website that usually posts some low-key racist shit and you know it's just that whole group like people consume yeah like especially most some trump supporters like consume that as news so yeah this was a video backed by breitbart that was my first key i was like (laughs) this is not real Um, But the doctors in the video ranted about how we as Americans should not live in fear and we do not need to wear masks because there is a cure and there are people who don't want us to know the cure. Like we're Americans are being shunned to this whatever. So the cure, they say, of course, is um, hydro hydrochloroquine. I'm probably saying that right. Hydroxychloroquine. And that is kind of like known to some people to be the secret remedy. But if you look into it, like Fossey says, there aren't any uh, reliable studies claiming that this cures coronavirus or prevents coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Donald and his fuckface son shared their support <laughs> with these doctors, which is extremely dangerous. Um yeah. And I've mentioned, too, like, on my personal Facebook, like, I would probably explore every option if I had a family member who, you know, there was pretty much no hope. I would explore every option. Um, But to share information that isn't backed by research and backed by, you know, the World Health Organization, who Donald Trump doesn't support anymore, 
Um, mm-hmm. It's very dangerous. And I promise we're getting to some boozy stuff. This is not turning into a political podcast. This is all very <laughs> relevant. And it's going to take a turn if you don't know what I'm talking about. So now one of the doctors highlighted by the dump Trump was Stella Emanuel, a doctor from Houston, which caused an even bigger stir. So Trump said he found her very impressive and that she, quote, uh, she said that she had tremendous success with hundreds of different patients. I thought her her voice was an important voice, but I know nothing about her. So he was happy that she was supporting the hydro whatever whatever uh to cure corona uh-huh so according to bbc news dr emmanuel was born in 1965 in cameroon she graduated with her medical degree from the university of calabar in nigeria and she does in fact have a doctor's license which is confirmed by the texas medical board so that all checks out right like she sounds legit i'm worried <laughs> so this is according to the bbc news five years ago she alleged that alien dna was being used in medical treatments and that scientists were cooking up a vaccine to prevent people from being religious (laughs) fuck some of her other claims include blaming medical conditions on witches and demons a common enough belief among evangelical christians Though she says they have sex with people in a dream world. So, kind of a throwback to our uh, succubus episode. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see. This is another quote. Let's see who said this. Oh, so quote from her. They turn into a woman and they then they sleep with a man and collect his sperm. Then they turn into the man and they sleep with the man and deposit the sperm and reproduce more of themselves, she said during a sermon in 2013. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Another issue that Dr. Emanuel targets is gay marriage, unfortunately, saying it can result in adults marrying children. That is not. Exactly. She also offers prayer to remove a generational or to remove generational curses originally received from an ancestor, but transmitted through placenta. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what goes through, <laughs> what goes through your mind when you hear all of this. Um, honestly, nothing surprises me anymore. I'm not surprised that, I don't even know, like, I think that it's notable, like, it's, uh, how do I want to say this? We shouldn't ignore, like, the cultural context either, um, since she did get her medical, I'm not saying, like, doctors from Nigeria um, do believe in witchcraft, but that is also something in that region that is still a thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, or like I know there are some countries where the belief in witches are still very real, but that doesn't make it safe. Like an example is in Ghana, there are dozens of women who have been banished to live in like a segregated camp because they have been accused of witchcraft, which mm-hmm. is definitely an episode I'll be doing soon mm-hmm. uh, because it's happening still. Um, 
but this just shows that like she had a history of kind of intertwining conspiracies and the supernatural into her beliefs which when you cross that with medicine can be dangerous yeah yeah i didn't catch it you said she was from nigeria so that that makes a little more sense to me so it would be different if she came from like the united states and was like saying that because we just view things a lot differently than other cultures do so she lives here now like she is a pastor and a doctor in houston Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, but a lot of criticism or a backlash I saw when people sharing about the demon sperm doctor <laughs> um, is like, oh, of course you have to pl- uh, pick out the woman of color in the group because she is literally the only person of color in this clan of or this group of doctors that are claiming coronavirus can be cured by this drug mm-hmm. um but i don't think it's a matter of race but like a matter of cultural context um but anyway that was just something boozy that i was looking at and reading about on facebook and <laughs> thought it was wild um and there's a lot of great memes going around saying that the trump kids um were produced by demon sperm and i think it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even heard about this, so it's so interesting how people's Facebooks, like the timeline, can differ from person to person. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the content I seen... we consume. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on this. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of content on Facebook, Matt's sister-in-law shared this thing that. Disney bought Pornhub, and they were going to stream Pornhub on Disney Plus, and, like, she linked a satirical article, and she was so, like, gun-ho about it. And I scrolled all the way to the bottom, and I screenshotted a thing that said, this is a t- satirical article, and I, like, commented <gasps> as a post. And, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not stepping in there ever again, because holy shit, she got mad. She got so- <laughs> mad because you pointed it out that she shared a satire, a satirical article that i screenshot her hysterical article and like gave it back to her and she was like it's uh, she's like everyone thought pizzagate was bullshit and like um uh, disney bought fox and fox owns mind i think mind geek or mind freak owns pornhub and she's like so it's underneath disney so technically disney owns pornhub and i was like whatever i don't care like <laughs> if you're gonna like post it post like an actual article not a satirical article but yeah yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that too, which I do agree that um, like human trafficking and sex traffic or like sex trafficking is a huge um, issue right now in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it always has been. Um, but I guess now with like the whole Epstein thing happening and um, Ghislaine Maxwell, it's a hot topic. And what I've been seeing a lot is people saying that the documents are unsealed now and here's a list of the hollywood celebrities that were on the flight and we're scrolling through fucking walt disney is on that list mm-hmm. i'm like bitch he's been dead for so fucking long mm-hmm. did they like put his corpse on the plane like i don't understand how you think this is the actual list <laughs> well when did the island or like when did he open the island do we know mm, i mean he wasn't that old 
Mm. Could be a possibility. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I feel like everyone's just throwing all these names in there and just a huge pile that has no actual, like, facts to it. And, like, did you see that, what's her name, Gazelle, Gazelle, whatever the fuck her name is, did you see that she did a plea that is gonna seal, like, her, her sex, like, her sex history, like, her sex life isn't gonna be, like, opened up in the court thing, which, okay, that's great, but I'm sure she's also got super incriminating things within those records, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think she just did a, they just granted her that to keep, be kept sealed. I wouldn't grant her shit. I'd be like, sorry about you. But so. we will see. But I guess our uh, PSA for the episode is check your sources, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually kind of ties in with my story for this Ooh, week. Look at us just being so tied and nicely put together. <laughs> We're normally very messy, but... <laughs> A good mess. A mess that y'all tune into for every week, and we appreciate it. Yes, we love y'all. Um, so, did you have anything else before we crack into this? Or No, that was my little one-pager. My little Oops. news update. So, ghosts and demon come. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, so, this week, I'm doing something a little bit different. It's kind of like within the King Louis route. Uh, so it's a little bit of history mixed in with, like, a medical mystery type thing. Mm-hmm. So my resources is actually, like, um, what are they called? Those, like, peer review articles? Like, those the legit articles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that is uh, History Workshop Journal, Volume 80, Issue 1, pages 33 to 51 specifically. And then Wikipedia. <laughs> hey, you got a good balance. Good healthy yeah. balance there. Anyways, so <laughs> so there's an article by Lucas Riley that was written on January 28th, 2014, and it's called The Woman Who Gave Birth to Rabbits. Oh, yeah. I forgot you were yeah. doing this. Okay. So today <laughs> People I'm are probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yay. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> Look, we were talking about demons come, and now we're talking about birth and rabbits. So we are on topic. <laughs> So today I'm talking about Mary Toft, and we're traveling to Galdeming, Surrey, which is in England, and I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, so if I pronounce it wrong, England listeners, please yell at us, well, me specifically, and tell me how to pronounce things properly. (laughs) (laughs) So Mary Toft was born on February 21st, 1703, so we're going way back. Her parents were John and Jane Denier, and she was the second oldest out of five siblings, but the oldest sister. At age 17, she married 18-year-old Joshua Toft, who was a wool cloth worker. And even back in the day, they were boasting kind of young for marriage. Uh, The average age for marriage was about 24, which kind of surprised me because I thought everyone just married really young back then. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is surprising. So it was not unusual for couples of non-skilled rank, such as theirs, to marry at a younger age. So I guess it maybe wasn't that uncommon if you didn't have, like, a skilled job. But on March 27, 1723, their first child, Anne, was born. Unfortunately, she died in July of that year. From what, I'm not really certain. Like, I tried to dig into it, but it's just so old. There's, like, no records of what happened to her. But childbirth was, I mean, child death was pretty common back then. So, Mm -hmm. 12 months later, on July 8, 1724, their son, James, was born. 
Now Joshua Toft was only older than her by a few months, and he was the sixth of twelve. He was the sixth of twelve children, so he was like just smack middle child. Like I can't even imagine having twelve, 12 siblings. Joshua, Ugh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, oh my like God. trying to get food for those many those kids, kids, and no. So Joshua was named after his father, who also shared the name with his eldest brother, which was his parents' first son. And that son had died two years before Joshua was born, which might seem a little strange, but it was a normal naming practice and reflected the importance of lineage and family community back then. So I guess if a sibling died and you were born, that's not your new name. (laughs) And it's kind of weird because, like, being (laughs) in the dog grooming industry for so long, I've had, like families with their dogs that die and then they get a new puppy and they name it the same fucking name it's the same breed it is so weird to me i don't know about um, that. i'm not dissing anyone who like named their dog after a dog they already had i just don't that doesn't click to me i, I would i couldn't do that um we had a guy who came in when i worked in san diego and his dog's name was damn it and i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly mm-hmm. that was his third or fourth damn it <laughs> oh my god so damn it the basset hound from a line of dammits <laughs> so mary was the curse i know name. it's such a name well he it was awful because like when we had to like do it on the voiceover because he would come in to get his dog's nails done so we'd be like damn it's done in the grooming salon like worried we were gonna get in trouble for saying this dog's name <laughs> Anyways, so Mary was depicted by newspapers at the time as short, stocky woman of sullen temper, and it was said that she was illiterate and impoverished, which, damn, they were rude. <laughs> short, illiterate, stocky, and impoverished. Is that what it was? Illiterate, um, oh. I was going to say, I, I would say that's a good description for myself, but I'm pretty <laughs> literate, I guess. Maybe y'all probably don't agree. Probably like, bitch, you mispronounce it like 10 words each episode. So, but now that their background's established, I want you to close your eyes and picture this. For the time being, your name is now Mary Gill, but I'm just going to be calling you Gill so you don't get confused with the two Marys. It is September 27th, 1726. It's a nice calm day and you're out tending your garden. Your friend Mary Toft was supposed to be working in a hot field next door, but you haven't seen her all afternoon. As you're wondering where she is, the quiet is broken by Mary who just begins screaming your name. You rush inside Mary's house. She's squirming in pain, hovering over a bucket and is begging you for help. Then something unusual happens before your eyes. Mary, who's still hovering over the bucket, begins to give birth to what looks like a monster. You bolt out of the door to find Mary's sister-in-law, who's a midwife by trade, and tell her the baffling news. You're frantic as you explain to her sister, the baby isn't a baby. It looks like a rotten, bloody jumble of animal parts. (laughs) Your face isn't (laughs) So scenario over. So once Mary's family hears this and they go to aid Mary, they quickly send the remains to a local surgeon whose name is John Howard. He's a man with over 30 years of experience delivering babies. Dr. Howard inspects the remains, writing that they resembled three legs of a cat of tabby color, one leg of a rabbit, and in them were three pieces of the backbone of an eel. Any thoughts? No. (laughs) No, doctor? What? Oh. I mean, I... It's been a long time since I heard this story, so it's kind of, like, brand new to me. 
But it wasn't stitched together. It was just jumbled and bloody and like. Or there were just they were parts just parts all like stuck smushed together. together. Smushed together. Okay. Your face is just like what the fuck? <laughs> like I don't know what else to say. <laughs> now Doctor Howard was skeptical, but he sucked it up and visited Mary. He complained that she was difficult to work with. Quote, Mary is a very stupid and sullen temper. <laughs> so fucking rude, man. Um, but during his visit, something happened before his eyes. Mary gave birth to a bunny. Like a magician, except the hat is a badge. So. <laughs> I'm mad I didn't even think about that. <laughs> So Mary became somewhat of a local celebrity, and over the next month, Howard witnessed Mary give birth to eight more baby rabbits. He preserved the bodies in alcohol and then sent letters to doctors all over England about Mary. On November 9th, he wrote, I have taken or delivered the poor woman of three more rabbits, all three half-grown, one of them a den rabbit, and at last leaped 23 hours in the uterus before it died. As soon as the 11th rabbit was taken away, up leapt the 12th rabbit, which is now leaping. If you have any curious person that is pleased to come post, may see another leap in her uterus and shall take it from her if he pleases. I do not know how many rabbits may be behind. So at this point in time, we're at 13 rabbits, an eel cat, and two human babies that she has now birthed. Wait, you said two human babies? Oh yeah, she had her, her daughter who died and then her son. Okay, and her son is still alive. Her son is still alive. Okay, okay. I think. Let me double check. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, one physician received Howard's letter, and he just so happened to be the king, the surgeon for King George I, Nathaniel St. Andre. And he told the king, and naturally the king was curious, so he sent Andre to investigate. Now, Andre might have been a little too trusting because he believed Mary's case even before stepping in the door. And honestly, Andre wasn't even known for his medical knowledge anyways, uh, king george only gave him the doctor gig because he spoke german which was the king's native language which could you imagine That's getting so a doctor position God. like that now <laughs> or being or being somewhere and the highest authority is like hey you speak spanish you're my doctor now yeah like what, what? first off well, like, i'm gonna like pass out if i see you know needles or blood or something <laughs> well like king louis freaking surgeon was a barber like oh, but that was common wasn't it they were yeah like the one-stop shop yeah but it just it still blows my mind that okay your barber now operate on my butthole like or that was the pro the thought process back then was <laughs> oh it's fine anybody can do this yeah and if you guys are new and have no idea what i'm talking about you're gonna have to scroll down to some past episodes mm-hmm. um <laughs> it'll make sense i promise so when St. Andre visited Mary, he felt her belly and confidently deducted that the rabbit was forming in her right fallopian tube. Which, I didn't know babies formed in the fallopian tube. I guess, what are uteruses even needed for, right? So, Andre left his, sh- lost, so Andre they- lost his, sh- <laughs> what? Are they? I don't think they are. I think back then they just didn't know. This well, is another part you're going to have to cut out because people are going to be like, you, you dumb bitches. Like. Well, the eggs are in the, fa- <laughs> aren't the eggs released from the fallopian tubes yeah, and the and uterus is yeah down here and then the baby is formed yeah in the uterus yeah so i this doctor is saying that it's formed in the fallopian tube yeah where the eggs are yeah yeah the rabbit is coming out of the fallopian tube 
Weird. I guess that was his scene. Just instead of an egg, it's a rabbit. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, so Andre lost his shit and further cemented his belief that when he personally helped Toph deliver a rabbit head, which was at this point Mary's 15th. Now, Mary became even more of a celebrity to the point that Mist Weekly Journal reported, from Goldford comes a strange but well-attest piece of news, that a poor woman who lives in Goldmine near the town was about a month past delivered by Mr. John Howard, an eminent surgeon and man midwife of a creature resembling a rabbit. About 14 days since, she was delivered by the same person of a perfect rabbit, and a few days after, of four more, they died all in the bringing of the world. Unquote. Now, unfortunately, the news that Mary was having baby rabbits hurt rabbit merchants bad. Rabbit stew fell off all the menus in town, and people wouldn't even buy anything related to or coming from rabbits. And I, I was reading a report that, like, people were, would actually, like, vomit at the thought of eating rabbits now that they were thinking that a woman was giving birth to rabbits, you know? So, I bet you're wondering how the fuck does this happen, because it can't be possible, right? Well, there's a pseudoscientific theory which is a theory belief or practice that is claimed to be both scientific and factual but are incompatible with scientific method anyways the theory they referred to was called maternal impression and the theory claimed that a mother's emotions and imagination could cause birth defects and disorders a pregnant woman who was startled by a rabbit like mary ended up claiming could easily pollute the fetus with her thoughts leading to her to pop out baby rabbits but she would have to be pregnant with yeah, and a she, human baby first. And then only yeah, one so would Yeah, so I guess you'd out. have to be, like, multiple pregnant constantly, and that's not how that works. Anything. Yeah, yeah. very different time. Different time. <laughs> Clearly. Now, at this point, King George <laughs> was following the hype closely, so he sent another surgeon, Cyriacus Aller, to triple check. And unlike Andre, Aller wasn't buying the theory. So when he visited Mary, he wasn't impressed. And despite witnessing several rabbit births, if you're keeping count, we're now at 17, um, he just wasn't buying it. And he was like, this is bullshit. So on November 29th, Aller took Mary <laughs> against her will to, do, to London for study. So essentially, they held her against her will and locked her away in a bathhouse, a.k.a. kidnapped. They just kidnapped Mary. (laughs) And King George's court watched her 24-7. And there, Mary stopped having rabbits and broke out into a nasty fever, slipping in and out of consciousness. While the dukes took turn watching Mary, Aller dissected some of the previously birthed rabbits in his lab. There, he discovered something weird. The rabbits appeared to have been cleaved with a knife, and one even contained droppings of full corn and hay. So doesn't add up there mm-hmm. on december 4th a porter was caught sneaking a baby rabbit into mary's chambers when questioned he claimed that she had bribed him a separate investigation found that over the past few months mary's husband had bought a suspicious number of rabbits from the town's merchant evidence was mounting so in a final attempt on december 6th the court told mary that they would perform a painful experimental pelvic surgery to see what made mary so unique we shall send in a chimney sweeps boy they said so they were like, we'll just send like someone who will clean it all out and figure out what's going on with you. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> clean what I guess all clean out? Her, exactly. her fallopian tube since they don't know what a uterus is, apparently. So they basically used the chimney sweep boy as the gynecolog- gynecologist. I, I guess chimney sweeps are now gynos and barbers are <laughs> surgeons. Like, hmm, this broom <laughs> can clean a chimney for sure. Can sweep up whatever's okay, going on in there. Get all those rabbits out of there. Oh, my God. 
I'm so glad this is the era I live in. This makes me never want to watch Mary Poppins again. (laughs) (laughs) So the following day on December 7th, Mary confessed that it was all a hoax. For for poor St. Andre, the timing was terrible. Days earlier, he had published a 40-page pamphlet called A Short Narrative of the Extraordinary Delivery of Rabbits, and he explicitly bet his name on the account's authority, and his reputation fell into shambles. He lost his job, and the whole medical community became London's laughing stock. So how'd she do it? I'm sure you want to know how she got rabbits in there, right? Oh, uh-huh. I have some ideas of how. <laughs> They're not good ideas. They're not ideas that I like having in my mind. All right, well, here we go. (laughs) So how'd she do it? Mary had become pregnant earlier in the year, but miscarried. So yes, she was pregnant at one point. And while her cervix was still open, an accomplice inserted the body of a cat and the head of a rabbit, which her unwitting neighbor, Gil, who you pretended to be earlier in the scenario, helped deliver. As the ruse became more elaborate, Toft sewed a special pocket in her skirt where she hid bits of filleted rabbit. And when doctors weren't looking, she would put them inside herself and fake labor. Mary believed it was her ticket. Oh my god. (laughs) Can you imagine just, let me shove this like hacked up bleeding dead rabbit up my badge. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. Mm Mm-hmm. As a ruse, oh sorry. So Mary believed it was her ticket out of poverty. In her words, it was, quote, it was to get so good a living that I shall never want as long as I lived, unquote. Back then, freak shows featuring human oddities like conjoined twins and legless magicians were popular ways to rack in the dough, and Mary was sure they'd have room for a lady pregnant with rabbits. But But unfortunately, she was thrown in jail for five months and came home just as poor. When she died in 1763, the Parship Epitat read, Oh my gosh, I'm in mortuary school. I should know how to pronounce that. (laughs) The Parish... (laughs) Epitaphed read, Mary Toft, widow, the impostress of rabbit. And as a side note, I would like to add that maternal impression theory lasted until the early 20th century. So that wasn't, that was believed until very recently. Well, I guess there's still that superstition that uh, your child is going to come out looking like the person Mm -hmm. that you hate. We heard that. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a offshoot of that but man i can think of like a thousand other things i'd rather do to try to get money or make it in the freak show that doesn't involve shoving animal parts up my vagina do you think but that's just do you think she got the fever because she was shoving rabbit parts up there i thought that maybe there has to be maybe like an infection that happened yeah nothing good could have came out of that yeah Health-wise. And that poor doctor. Oh, I don't want to say that poor doctor. But it's so funny that we started it with a doctor. (laughs) Talking about a doctor and we're ending it talking about another doctor. He's... That was his probably... Probably that was his ticket, too, he thought. Like, oh, I am writing a medical piece on birthing rabbits. No one's ever done this before. And then look at him. I know. Every, he guy. just lost everything. And I mean, okay, it, it's kind of hard for him, too, because you're literally seeing someone birth rabbits in front of you. Like, I could see you being like, I need to write about this. Like, this is a, a miracle or, like, a mystery or something, you know? So, for her, but the fact that she was able to fool, like, so many people. Yeah. Well, 
it's similar to like the possession story I did a few episodes back mm-hmm. too. They're just so sneaky, I guess, and that's all it took was them being on constant watch to show uh, the hoax to expose. And if the that hoax. guy hadn't gotten caught, I wonder how long it would have actually gone. You know, of her, because uh, there was guy? a guy that got caught sneaking the oh, rabbit him. in. Oh, yeah, that that one, yeah. So, well, that's true. Like how long it would have? Maybe that would have kept it yeah, going maybe she would have took it to the grave and Forever. she would have been known as like the mm, i don't know <laughs> like the rabbit mom or who knows bunny birther but yeah uh i was gonna say something because uh, okay so at first i was asking about if her son was still alive because i thought okay maybe she's suffering from uh like postpartum mm-hmm. depression and she just really wants to be a mom and you know she had suffered some mental illness um from you know miscarrying but no she was she just wanted to get rich i think maybe <laughs> which is really fucked up but i think maybe the miscarriage might have like inspired her in some way mm-hmm. and i think she was just like this is my ticket so maybe trying to turn something awful that happened into like something good i guess i don't really know but it definitely seems like she was maybe going through something to even like get the thought process of let me chop up this rabbit and then birth it yeah even think about it what an and the fact her husband went along with it to the point that's what I was, another thing i was gonna say yeah she had friends helping her out obviously people willing to help her out and how was she bribed and she doesn't that, have money or how not was she bribe how did she bribe others what did she bribe exactly. them with who knows some lucky rabbit feet Bunny parts <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god and weren't some alive uh, yeah some were like hopping around and stuff oh <laughs> my god shoving a fucking live animal yeah it's fucked up uh and if that's your kink, that's really fucked up. That's one of those things I had to put my foot yeah. down on. Because that is a live animal. I hope it bites and you. they didn't ask for that. <laughs> they did not ask no. for that. Oh, my God. But the feel... Ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally hopping around up in and there. And the fact that she would, like... I hope they were already dead when she got them. I hope she wasn't just, like, butchering them to shove them in there, you know? I... I wouldn't doubt that they were alive. <laughs> Unfortunately, this woman was res- was ruthless. I I did Google just because I wanted to see some of the images associated with um, Mary Toft, and it's so funny. This one right here, I don't know if you can see, but the man just throwing yes. up casually beside <laughs> her, <laughs> and the rabbits. It looks like freaking Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I don't but. even remember how. The wrong Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's not it's not a Mad Hatter tea party you want to go to. Mm-mm. Yeah, and most of the pictures have her with, like, little drawings of rabbits and stuff. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of suck for her that she uh, lived a life of yeah. poverty still after that. I just don't think I'd be I mean, driven she to shove rabbits no in way. there. No matter, like. No, no, absolutely not. Mm-mm. No, that is too much. These pictures kill me, <laughs> We'll make me, sure man. to post them. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> I totally have that hanging, like, 
it just like if you didn't know the story you'd be like oh that's a delightful piece of art like a woman with a rabbit in her lap if you didn't know the story but i do need this i feel like i need this in my office (laughs) (laughs) it's a great conversation do you know the story of mary toft (laughs) no yeah there's some great images i'll be sure to post for you guys for sure poor bunnies man now you fucked up my (laughs) evening jogs because when I go jogging, all I see are bunnies. Like, there's rabbits every. You don't mm. want to become a rabbit queen? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm so good. <laughs> Jeez. What do you think it feels like <laughs> to have something jumping around in your uterus? That cannot feel good. No, that's what I was saying earlier. I can't. So, like, when you have cramps, period, cramps, I know for me, at least, I can literally feel the inside, like, like squeezing. Yeah. yeah, and that is not, uh, that's not a peaceful feeling. It's not a good feeling. Yeah. So, but to actually put something there <laughs> that's scratching oh, and jumping. The nails and the fur. No, 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 no. Well, okay, so... I don't know. I might cut this out. We'll see. Sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> but like when you're having sex and it's like rough, like it hurts. Like when it's like banging in there all rough, like, so I can't even imagine. It's gotta be like the same thing, right? Like dry and well, that's why I'm an advocate for lube, not for rabbits and lube, but just <laughs> lube and <laughs> well, no, I mean, and regular sexual practices. <laughs> no, I mean, even if you are lubed up, like, sometimes you just, they hit the cervix weird, and it fucking hurts, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I've, I'm trying to think, like, I don't think it's painful, but that might just be <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the, there's situations like it, where it's but. not painful, and then there's situations for me where I'm like, holy fuck, like, this did not feel good, so... I feel like you really have to be, well, you have to be in the mood. And if you're not in the mood, but you're going for it anyways, it's not as enjoyable. Yeah. And I think to shove anything up there, you have to be somewhat in the mood and somewhat inviting it. I I can't see her doing that with a rabbit. <laughs> Speaking of inviting it, um, there's a company that is now selling, I think it's Jeffrey Dahmer, like, is oh, it Jeffrey Dahmer? Who is it? A s- no, no, no. It's Ted, Ted Bundy, Bundy phone. Dildo. It's, what is it called? I, I screenshotted it. Hold on. <laughs> I was disgusted. I'm like, that is too fucking far. You fucking monsters. That is too much. Yeah. That is not a booze podcast supported sex no. toy. Serial uh, <laughs> Pleasures presents... Serial pleasures. Ten, in, 10 inches and 5 centimeters long. It doesn't have the name on it, though. Anyways, the quote on the the, the caption from the, the post says, We got a world of future serial killer busts. Dahmer seemed to be the first release. He's also in the process of reprinting a cannibal cookbook. Now that's right up our alley. That's fucked up. Um, so why a Bundy dildo? Is it just called a Bundy dildo? Bundy... Bundildo. I think it's a Bundildo. Bundildo. The idea was to create a Bundy dildo for the crime enthusiast who Netflix and chill. Other real serial killer sex <laughs> toys will follow this year, including a Ramirez dildo and a Pogo butt plug. That's fucked up. 
It costs $125, shipping included, and is made of dragon skin silicone, and payments is made via PayPal. Uh, and then they have an Instagram, but I'm not linking them, because fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> but yikes. And uh. it's it's extra gross, because Pogo, or what the fuck was this? I'm blanking on serial colors right now. Um, John Wayne Gacy, right? Yes. He specifically mm-hmm. went after, like, young boys, so the fact they're doing a butt plug is extra fucked up like mm-hmm. what the fuck it is yeah and then the serial condoms uh with the faces of luca is on it yeah uh jeffrey dahmer like a lot of uh, like sex murders murderers i yeah i not a Mm-mm. fan not a fan of making like commodifying this and making it into yeah, this sex is not toys. something you capitalize on. That's that's fucked up. Absolutely, like I can't even imagine. It is very fucked like up. having a family member being murdered by someone like this, and all of a sudden here's some sex toys. Are you true crime enthusiast? Yes, true crime enthusiasts are not going and buying sex toys like this. Like that's not. I'm sure there's a market for this. Yes, Weird. but it's just it's really disgusting. Yeah. I think it's disturbing and. I'm looking at this guy's Instagram right now. If you go to the website on the bottom, you click on the um, you click on the mm. Instagram. I don't even want to click Instagram. it. I was like grossed out by the fact that this is even a thing, so I didn't even click it. Because there's one thing to be quote enthusi- an enthusiast, like you're interested, you're curious about this. Like we've discussed at the very beginning of this podcast, not the beginning of this one, but in our whole series in general. Um, about just being fascinated about the nature of it and what drives people to do these things. But it's not glorifying in any way. Like, I never want to be that person that glorifies these types of behaviors, like murder and torture. Yeah. It's nothing glorifying. That's why, too, we're like, oh, like, we try to stay away from, like, oh, this is like my favorite, because that also kind of glorifies it, too. So we've. I've caught myself once, and I'm like, oh, no, I don't mean, like, favorite. Like, I mean, like, this is the one that stuck out the most to me, so. Yeah. Yeah, the one that I'm intrigued by or highly disturbed by. Um, and and I get it, but... No, 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 I don't get it. I'm trying to think of, like, instances where you might, like, role-play a bit or like being tied up and that kind of thing or role-playing like Mm -hmm. being role-playing fear and i think that's fine but whenever you put a name to a product that yeah people have died from or like a killer that's where it's Um, problematic and i'm looking at the pictures too yeah the bun dildo um it's got like his name carved at the bottom of the thing too so it has ted like engraved on the bottom like it's gross so gross oh man look i brought down the mood we had a good like (laughs) (laughs) i'm just thinking of things i do not want inside me right now yeah that's a long list now (laughs) that i'm thinking about it too (laughs) and on top of that list is uh bunnies and the well they sound the same bunnies and don't stick rabbits in places they're not supposed to go and don't share (laughs) share fake videos (laughs) i could already see the review on itunes now um <laughs> great podcast but i don't like how they lecture me every episode <laughs> no, no, no shut up i'm gonna stop with the rabbit jokes 
<laughs> yeah. I was going to say something about that, too. Oh, man. Well, I think that's it. Do you have anything else? <laughs> no, I think we are good. I am um, <laughs> deeply disturbed, as yeah. usual, so... I think we did a good job. Yeah, I was trying to keep it lighthearted and like, yeah, that didn't pan out. <laughs> Find us on all our socials at boozepodcast.com. That is uh, B-O-O-Z-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Mm-hmm. On that Instagram, Facebook is where we're most active, even though my look younger brother always tells me that's where all the old people are um that's where we are and find us there that's the easiest (laughs) to navigate okay (laughs) but yeah we will catch you guys next time stay boozy and bye. bye